Hey gang, big news in the world of We Hate Movies live appearances in this one. Well, you better get your holiday coat on because it's not happening until December. We're so excited. It's actually a hometown show for this Jersey boy. Only you. Jersey City's beautiful White Eagle Hall will be hosting the We Hate Movies podcast. And we're going to be talking about a Christmas movie, Eric Siska. What is that oh movie? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it is the Santa Claus, the original film. Not Out of way. Is it original? Yeah, it's original. The first one. Tim Allen <laughs> yes. finds a fat so falls off his roof. Yep. yep, we're gonna be talking all about it on December seventh, which is a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> White Eagle Hall. I mean, it, it incidentally lives in infamy. We, right. We're just we're to yeah. the side of it. We're adding to the infamy. Yeah, it's, just, exactly. it's more infamy because this will be uh, our debut in Jersey City, and this is what it's come down to, folks. Steve Sadak. Refusing to get on planes, mm-hmm. refusing right. to get a driver's license to help right. out with rental cars. I refuse to get on a train for this show. I'm fucking right. walking. Oh I gotta walk to the venue. So I guess this is the new normal, gang. Only wherever Steve's <laughs> legs can carry him. But it's an awesome venue, and it's really close to the train. If you're like you're in the, in the city, or if you want to drive in from Pennsylvania, wherever. Mm-hmm. Right, the path train's not too far. Right, path train's a, a stone's throw away. A here. Stone's throw, folks. Come on out to the White Eagle Hall. That's right. Tickets are on sale now, so get them in advance. Get them fast. This is going to be a popular show. December seventh, White Eagle Hall, Jersey City, New Jersey. Tickets available right now at whmpodcast.com. It's Christmas time again. It's time to be nice to the people you can't stand all from Orchard Beach in the Bronx. I love Orchard Beach, man. <laughs> do you? Orchard no, you Beach. do not. City no. Island, dude? City Island's a great well, time. Well, this is the Bronx. Yeah. Well, City, City Island is technically the Bronx, yes, too, yes, but that's yes, an yeah. island. But Orchard Beach is on the shore of the yeah, Bronx. Yeah, no, you don't, right? you don't want to go to Orchard <laughs> Beach, man. I, it's one of the only beaches we got, though. No, man, there was a diaper next to me last time <laughs> I went there, man, just floating around. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, man. City Island seafood, oh. Oh, you go to the Lobster Box, bro? Oh, dude, there's like four Lobster Boxes. They're all oh, out yeah, there. Yeah. No, we went, uh, my wife and I went Memorial Day weekend. We went out to City Island. You get some fucking fried seafood, dude. Oh, Ooh, it's yeah. outrageously good. Ooh, I like that idea. Really good, dirt cheap. Wish I was eating it now said i'm just fucking sweating balls mm-hmm. going to work in the mm-hmm. summertime e- eating dirt on uh, your workday commute <laughs> <laughs> but we are here of course to continue entertaining through the summer vacation we're not having uh this is an old episode this is the haunting it's a real old episode we're talking like episode what 29 29 i think so Ooh, yeah. you'll hear Jesus. a lot of more hope in our voices yeah uh, we sound a lot younger younger dumber and uh yeah I more guess. sober no, no, I don't know. I don't know about yeah. that. We kind for of... me anyway. It's the exact opposite. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a real problem. It was a problem. You're like falling asleep during tapings. It was. It was. I can't believe. Yeah. Anyway, listen. I can't believe you're alive right now. Yeah, honestly, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. The liver transplant worked. In. <laughs> 
<laughs> Take that, little orphan. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, so this is, we're talking... Uh, Lily Taylor's ghosts. Mad Mom, I believe, oh, is yeah. the big character yep. in this episode. Of course. Uh, Liam Neeson talking to Todd. Oh, yeah. That's oh, happening. <laughs> Owen Wilson, he's in this movie oh, getting yeah, he's, decapitated. He's getting lost in hallways. <laughs> Wearing all sorts of Gap sweaters. Oh, it's 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 the year nineteen ninety whatever all the time. Like, Catherine Zeta Jones is in this film. Yeah, remember her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone oh, else yeah. of note in this movie? Oh, Michael Douglas's wife. Oh wait, we. Oh, that's Catherine. No, Bruce Dern. Hey, <laughs> Bruce Dern, man, I yeah. love Bruce Dern. Oh, I yeah. met Bruce Dern. He's one of the nicest people. Oh, really? Are you schmucking weed? Oh, schmucking weed, man. We're going to do this Q&A <laughs> for Nebraska and then schmuck some weed out in the parking lot. Uh, he was a sweet man. He's in this movie for about eight seconds. That's my biggest problem with The Haunting. Oh, Not yeah. enough goddamn Bruce Dern. You know, everything needs a little more Dern. That's mm-hmm. true. So please enjoy our old-ass episode on The Haunting. Yeah, incredibly lame. Pretty much sums it up. I think we're uh, we're going out with a with a with a dud. <laughs> but we finally got to a ghost movie. Yeah, this this, 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 this movie's spooky. It's, it's <laughs> very spooky. Uh, it's from the the spooky year nineteen ninety nine. The film is The Haunting. Directed by Jan Dubon. Oh. Um, that, that's a, that sounds really classy, actually, when you say it like that. Yeah, it does, right? But then you watch this movie, and it's like, well, this guy can't have that much class. <laughs> You're directing this movie. You're Not the all. fucking DP on uh, Lethal Weapon 3 and so on. And, and D- Die Hard. And he dp Die Hard? Yeah, and okay. Leonard Part... What was that? Leonard, Leonard Part, Part 6? six? Yeah, oh, the yeah. Cosby flick. Yeah. Oh, that's like an he, infamous disaster. He also directed the Laura Croft sequel. Ooh, Cradle of Filth. No, Cradle of Life. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're thinking of <laughs> you think of Lara Croft Boob Raider, which was on the Spice Channel in 1996. <laughs> the sequel, Cradle of Filth. <laughs> <laughs> the season. Nah. Anyway, he also directed Speed and Twister and Speed Two Cruise Control. Ooh, yeah, those are some fucking lackluster credits. So the whole tomb quickly. The whole yeah. Tomb Raider. Speed video okay. game phenomenon was just about people looking at a girl's butt, right? Like that's well, kind of no, the whole it was thing. butt, it was boobs too, because that was like oh, right, that she was had like jumbo ones, right? That were like, yeah, she had those huge pixels boobs, were like spilling over. And what it was was like it was the first time video games were like. You know, like her boobs shook when she walked. Yeah, that's the big technological, the towering technological achievement for that game. Yeah, it's pretty lame, but that's yeah, that's I why never, people they fucking ate that shit up. I didn't see the appeal. No, I never played those games. I mean, it was boring it. as sin. Boobs jiggle in real life too. You know, <laughs> they do. <laughs> for that, I'll watch Roswell, which I did. The What's TV Roswell show? got to do with anything? Roswell had some ladies on it. Had Catherine, the birth of Catherine Heigl. Oh, oh well, then what? fuck that show in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, The Haunting. Uh, Steve, what are we dealing with here? Who's getting haunted? Why are they getting haunted? Uh, the, it, it's based on a book by Shirley Jackson, uh, who wrote The Lottery, who everyone read in high school. Uh, it's not a fucking great short story. Why wouldn't you it's read a, it? That's a spooky short story. You want to talk about spooktacular? That's spookier than this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, as is the book. Uh, it's about uh, Liam Neeson plays a doctor who's 
kind of like a reverse Jonathan Crane from the Batman. Like he's trying to say that fear, like fear isn't powerful that we can get over it. So he's like, I'll get a bunch of people in this house and have them all, all afraid of like this, this, this fake ghost thing. And then at the end I'll say, Oh, it's all fake it in your mind. And they'll realize fear is garbage, I guess is the idea. Well, that's the whole thing. He's trying to find a cure for fear, <laughs> which, which is like trying to get rid of survival of the fittest in a way. It's like, you're or like trying to get, eliminate pain. It's like, it's like eliminating stuff that you should have. You there's certain situations you should be afraid. Yeah, exactly. Because if you eliminate like the whole like concept of fear from your brain, when you're in terrifying fuck situations, you're not gonna realize it. You're not gonna yeah, understand it. You absolutely. know. I, I actually have the cure for fear right here. Glug. Yeah, that's <laughs> the cure for fear. You know, one time speaking of pain, alcohol. Though, I saw. <laughs> I saw this Dateline NBC thing about this chick who had some fucking mental disease where, like, she couldn't feel pain. And it was fucked up because she couldn't feel things like when she bit her tongue and shit like that. Mm. So she was like, well, my mouth's always bleeding because I can't feel when I bite myself and stuff like that. You need you pain. Need pa- you know, I saw the I saw a Dateline thing, but it was uh, to catch a predator. <laughs> and if you want to say, man, those guys, they have fear in that situation. They are. That's a, that's terrified. Hey, just a little uh, at-home guide to when, a, when an episode's about a movie we really didn't like. If we can't get into the plot summary, <laughs> chances are the movie's well, a fucking dud. I, I'm trying to bring it back around because the major villain of this movie, the big menacing ghost that is also sort of the ghost house. Yeah. Hugh Crane. Hugh Crane. Crazy pedophile. Crazy pedophile. Yeah, you know, I was fighting you on this, but I think at this point I'm going to give it up because what the whole thing is, is it turns out, you know, Liam Neeson's trying to find the cure for fear and whatnot. And and it turns out they're in an actual haunted house. Whoops. And uh, <laughs> the house is Blimey. haunted by hundreds of baby ghosts, <laughs> as in ghosts of yeah. babies and um, children and, and you know. Like- I, what he had a bunch of babies die on him, so he apparently enslaved a bunch of babies. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, he just he really wanted babies, and right. then when his so, wife couldn't give him babies that you know lasted long enough. Uh, he just started <laughs> stillborn. That's that's not lasting at all. It's really. not stillborn though, because they say like they just like some of them kind of like live for a little bit. And yeah, I think one of them died. was up to year twelve. Or oh, something. that's that's something. But, you know, I'm sure like he he broke them after a while. You know, you play with your toys long enough. <laughs> Good so, Lord. so he needed more, and after you know his wife, his baby machine died. Broke he them. had to get apparently, I guess, children from his sweatshop or something. He owned like a mill, or there was like a mill in the mm. town or some shit. Yeah. And so he was like, you know, hey, hey, mill children, come yeah. up here in my castle. This is like 1800s. Do you think that there was like a crooked like truant officer, like just oh, who was who was like rounding up the babies oh, yeah. and bringing. Oh, Oh, shit. Yeah, like a, oh, you're skipping school. Uh, off to the crane house with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a Pied Piper for pedophilia. <laughs> that's got to be, you know what? That's got to be good pay and work. <laughs> what, yeah. if, you're, if you're working for like the crooked baron? Uh-huh. Got, oh, yeah, he pays well. Yeah, I mean, because you're, you're just throwing your morals out I the mean, window. Whoever's at the head of sexual slavery is making some bank, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So, which I, reminds me of a better Liam Neeson movie, which is Taken. But anyway, back to the haunting. <laughs> so uh, Liam Neeson says he's doing this study in insomnia, and Lily Taylor, Owen Wilson, and Catherine Zeta-Jones go to spend... 
an indeterminate amount of time at this haunted house. I think it's just like a long, fun weekend. Is oh, what like it's a supposed day? to be. Yeah. You know, because, because Columbus Day weekend, nobody really celebrates it. Come out of this haunted house. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's just got that Monday free. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, and so they're going to participate in what they think is the sleep study. They're all a bunch of, like, uh, uh, insomniacs and whatnot. And, you know, he says, like, we're going to go out to this house so we can be secluded, and we're going to do all these tests, and we're going to get to the, the the root of why you can't go to sleep and whatever else, you know. And then, and then we're introduced, the main character, unfortunately, in this movie, <laughs> and I've never meant something so much is when i say the word unfortunately is lily taylor in this movie she's the main character we meet her first another just cinematic sad sack oh she she has made a career of sad sackery that's why when i see her in something i'm like great 90 minutes of a fucking sob story here, here come we the go. waterworks exactly or it's just her like Trying to trying to just straighten things out. Like I'm kind of walking down the wrong path right now, but I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> well, she's yeah. just the fucking worst. Whenever you see her, it's just a sigh. It's exactly. Like, ah, Great. Uh, and it's no hope different. That works out. Movie. Yeah. Because yeah. funny thing, we were watching this movie, and I was defending her in the beginning. I was because I, I do like Lily Taylor and things, but guess what? She she is not the main character of any movie, nor should she ever be. No, do not hire her anyone out there who's making a movie right now <laughs> and you're like hmm, that lily taylor might be good to carry my picture you're wrong and she's gonna sink it i imagine like a, a, a casting director listening to this right now and he's got like two names on a ledger and it's like lily taylor and nicole kidman and he's just like <laughs> ah, goodbye miss taylor cross it off thanks we hate movies <laughs> unpleasant details what have i been dealing with for the past 11 years I've cooked, I've cleaned, I've mopped up her urine. You call that an unpleasant detail? Hey, now, your we sister all know didn't write the done. will. We're trying to help. Do not help me. Uh, so she's got all this fucking baggage. Uh, she's lived in a small uh, apartment with her mother, who's an invalid. She's just died. Mm -hmm. And we meet her just after the, the funeral, where her shitty sister, played by Virginia yeah. Madsen, is like, well, we're just going to sell this apartment, me and my husband. And she's, you know, oh, I'm getting kicked oh, yeah. out of my home. And she's this, Virginia Madison is this shitty kid that's just like fucking with everything. Oh, like, that's a shitty kid. He's like, He's got a face yeah. like uh, the Mad Magazine guy. Oh. Alfred E. Newman? Yeah, he's got an <laughs> Alfred E. Newman face. I've seen a couple kids with Alfred E. Newman face, and it's really fucking strange. Yeah, you just want to smack him. Yeah, because they're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and they're usually up to no good also. Yeah, Which is why you have to kill them all in a castle. I mean, I'm sorry, castle. have you ever seen a fucking picture of Alfred E. Newman? It's an ugly cartoon character. And he's just yeah. smug. He's just, just he's got that stinker vibe, That's which I can't yeah. handle. Yeah, like, mm, look at me. <laughs> That's exactly what's uh, going on. I don't need that. a stinker. Well, the thing of it is, it's a real fucked up situation because you realize that Lily Taylor is... Uh, you know, caring for her invalid mother like that's been her whole life. I mean, she goes, she goes through this sob story a bunch of times in this movie. Oh yeah, but the bare bones of it is, she does this and then she leaves her son-in-law as the executor of the estate. Well, that the, the just mother, shows. I mean, yeah, the, but that just shows like how much. Also, this mother was just like an evil shit to Lily Taylor. Oh yeah, everyone's just taking a dump on her face in this movie. Like her whole fucking family yeah. just just takes advantage of her. She's like the family doormat, you know. 
So she sees this study as like an opportunity. Like, I'm just going to reinvent myself. I'm going to take this sleep study and yeah. who knows what's going to happen from yeah. there. This is like her version of college. <laughs> 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 My three days of sleeping somewhere else. <laughs> A sleep study. That sounds sexy and exciting. I'm going to come out a new person. Speaking of sexy and exciting, can we talk about the fucking cock tease that this movie plays out with the whole, like, Catherine Zeta-Jones is like, you know, she's like a late 90s, I'm a hot chick who's doing dudes and doing girls, and I'm going to tell everybody about it. I believe they call them bisexuals, Andrew. (laughs) No, but this is like like lipstick bisexual yeah. kind of a thing, you know. <laughs> Not like, just that regular bisexual. Well, like, you know, it's this movie's totally doing like it's the fucking right on the heels of the whole Ally McBeal thing where like every female cast member on that show was making out at one point for yeah, like that, ratings. That was, that was how they fucking kept the fucking lights on in that show. Is every, oh, no, absolutely. Every nine episodes, somebody might have kissed somebody else. Well, dude, you're not tuning in for fucking Peter McNichol. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, I should have watched Ally McBeal. <laughs> But no, I did watch Alan Peel for that reason. I, know, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> but so this this flick, it's it's that's like the first thing out of her mouth. She's like she's like, hi, people call me Theo or whatever, and then she's like, well, my, my boyfriend thinks so, my girlfriend doesn't. We could all live together, but they hate each other. And my boyfriend does this, but my girlfriend does this. Like, right out the gate, it's like, I'm a hot chick who fucks girls. Get ready, movie. The the book, uh, I read the book, uh, just picked it up. It was was an engaging read, but I felt really guilty about it because I felt like a scumbag. Because that's that's kind of how it is in the book as well, this character, like, you know, the Lily Taylor character is this kind of mousy person that's never been outside. And, like... There's the worldly woman that's kind of sort of flirting with her. And I'm like, I was just, right. I was looking for a good spook story. And I just, this happened. And I'm like, where are we going with this book? <laughs> well, dude, what, Turn do you, the page. what do you think kept me going the first time I saw this movie? I mean, come on. You're looking for the centerfold in that book? <laughs> yeah. The Shirley Jackson. <laughs> pulls out. <laughs> the Shirley Jackson literary classic, the, the pull out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. Have, I mean. It was like 1950-something. There's no... She'd be burned at the stake if she put that in her book. But with this flick, though... You can do it. You can do it, and they don't. And it's all Lily Taylor's fault that it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Because Catherine Zeta-Jones' character gives her some chances. (laughs) There's a lot of, like, kissing her on the forehead, tucking her into bed. Rubbing her shoulder, that kind of... Yeah. Exposing herself, kind of. Not like... Any, no, but like, like yeah, nudity, she does. But she, like lingerie, just yeah, she takes her clothes around. off in front of her. But that's yeah. the interesting thing about when, when, when she Lily presents Ta- herself. <laughs> <laughs> when Lily Taylor first meets her, like it's just like she's like turning away while she's taking her coat off, and there's this like super close up on Catherine Zeta Jones like breasts, and Lily Taylor's like, "Hey now!" Like there's mm-hmm. definitely a "Hey now" moment. But, well, like, yeah, because she then she turns around, she's like, "Oh, don't look right at it. Yeah, don't look right at Medusa's breasts." Well, I think it's just probably you know living in that fucking piss soaked you know invalid's house is gonna just fuck you up sexually <laughs> for the rest of your life. No, yeah. I mean I think it's fair to say she's never known the touch of fucking anything. Yeah, no, she's a she's like a fifty year old virgin in this movie. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, is she 50 in this movie? I don't know. Her, her, you know, her face looks aged. You know, she's weathered from all those years. It's just from a, a big shit-ass life. You that's, sigh enough, your face looks like Lily Taylor. That's <laughs> one of, It's one of those situations where, like, the grocery guy is dropping the groceries off, and she's, like, talking his ear off, and he's like, 
I have like four more deliveries to make. And she's like, <laughs> no, no, just stay a while. Do you want a cup of coffee? I, I got beer here, anything, Goodbye. right? <laughs> Hey, Mom, the Swanson's guy talked to me for four minutes this afternoon. Oh, you whore. You probably <laughs> threw yourself at him, you whore. Change my bedpan. So Catherine Zeta-Jones <laughs> and Lily Taylor, after their some a little quasi-flirting there, they run around in the, in the big mansion that they're staying in for this sleep study, thinking it's like, oh, this is so much fun. This is amazing. And then they bump into the 1990s, which is Owen Wilson oh, yeah, in those is, in those sweaters. It's like a 1990s like peacock, like throwing its feathers all over the place. There's so much fucking neon and bowl cut hairdos going on. He looks like a fucking Tony Hawk creator character. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. And he, it's like it's early on enough in his career too, where like he hasn't really found what we know Owen Wilson to be like if he's a fairly good actor I you know I see Owen Wilson in something and I'm like yeah, yeah okay yeah. yeah I can get behind this this isn't what this is that's like pre what we know Owen Wilson as aside from Drillbit Taylor there's not a movie in his resume that I think is like truly terrible well, I don't know. Those uh, those movies he did with Jackie Chan are pretty awful. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Shanghai, Shanghai whatever. Oh. Zune and Shanghai Nights. It was an I Spy. Do you think I that I didn't they... see that. Oh, yeah. I didn't see Eddie that Mur either. Was that Eddie Murphy? That was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Do you think they ran out of the Shanghai things because they couldn't think of any more titles? They're like, well, we're out. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the second one's like a pun. Yeah. Because it's like night with a K. Yeah. You know, because that's kind of cute. Shanghai Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been a Shanghai Dawn script kicking around. <laughs> You're bringing your insomniacs to this house under false pretenses. Because the experiment needs a credible cover story. Calling it an insomnia study allows me to create a highly suggestive environment to investigate the dynamics of fear. You don't tell the rats they're actually in a maze, Malcolm. So Liam Neeson... Is it pretty reprehensible what he does in this movie? Like, as far as... Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling this stuff happens a lot in the world of academia. You know, the old... Haunted like, houses? <laughs> <laughs> no, the bait and let's, switch. Let's put them all in a spook house and see what happens. <laughs> Science. Well, I, mean, I mean, technically now, like, this sort of thing is more like a fucking reality show social experiment. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, the Sci-Fi Channel used to have a show like this where it's like, let's see how long the people can stay in the spooky house. And, like, if you stay all night, you win a prize. That was MTV's Fear, I believe it was. Oh, was that MTV's Fear where they did that? Yeah, that, that came out of uh, out of the Blair Witch Project. You know, people like huffing and puffing into cameras. They're like, hey, that's that's a million dollar idea. Right. So was, they made a TV that show also about it. MTV Skins. Sorry, just bring it back around to the, the villain. Hey, yeah, the pedophilia. <laughs> That show got canceled for pedophilia, didn't it? More or less. I mean, I think yeah. it's one of those things where MTV could feel the heat. They just didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Like the UK, they're a little more. We'll just get we'll step out of this arena. We're sorry, everybody. But the Liam Neeson thing, you do bring to mind a question I had that I wanted to put out to the group. And that is, uh, you know, Lily Taylor sees this advertisement for this, you know, sleep study. We'll pay you $500 for a weekend of your time. What a loser. I've... Yeah. No, I mean, that's like how I'm like framing this question. Like, would you guys ever sign up for one of those things? I mean, if it was like 900 bucks for a sleep study, I'd probably do it. A, I have sleep problems. If, if I was already collecting unemployment, I would definitely do that. <laughs> what about like, what about uh, they always have those ones where it's like, like 
testing these new products for side effects, like those kind of a things. Like not necessarily pills, but like yeah, maybe pills or like like new food products. Like try this new energy bar. Yeah. Hey mom, they're doing an energy bar tasting. Can I go? No, you whore. <laughs> Change my. You gotta fill yourself up with the energy products. I know what that is. I know what goes on at Madison Avenue. Make sure you put all your makeup on before you go to your little taste test, you fucking whore. I know Energy Bar is just a nickname for your boyfriend. <laughs> I wish that this woman was a character in this movie. It would have been so much better. You mean the character we completely invented? Yes, yes, times, exactly. I'm ten... telling you, we could have written this movie a little better. It would have been better, yeah. That would be the if the house was haunted by this ghost. This yeah. is a real crotchety old broad. <laughs> the fucking mom from Throw Mama from the Train. Yes. <laughs> There's a movie. That lady's fucking ghost haunts a house. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Speaking of starting out with a spook, though, that's something that we were talking about is like, this movie just starts right in with like Lily Taylor's shit life, and that's what you're dealing with. Is like this movie opens now. Here I am. It's 1999. I want to go see a movie on a Friday night. Oh, The Haunting. I've seen previews for this. It looks mildly scary. Yeah, you know, it's got a scary title at least. Exactly. In the preview, I saw something about a ghost. So let's go check it out. What's sad is that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did see the theater. Yeah. Well, right. So firsthand account. Right. You're going into this movie, and you're like, all right, here we go scare me and it starts out with this chick's shitty life like this movie needed a prologue of some kind maybe like a flashback of hugh crane killing these kids or something it needed something i actually remember seeing this in the theater back in 99 and actually going being like really bored with it like, being like uh, <laughs> yeah it's well it's a uh, boring ass movie yeah <laughs> like a 14 year old kid being like wow this is fucking boring yeah but you know i, I stuck through it I mean, because any any kind of good horror movie, like, and, and you know, I, I I get it. Like, it's not the fault of the movie that they're trying to like develop the main character and you know flush her out, give her a little yeah. bit of backstory. As terrible as that is, and as poorly written, but as you it shouldn't is, be whatever. doing it for an hour. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you shouldn't you shouldn't open your fucking movie with the haunting, and then it's Lily Taylor like polishing a bedpan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the one thing I do before we close the the door on the opening scene. There's something really weird about it that I was just thinking about because, as you said, it's 1999. Like, yeah, yeah. Shirley Jackson's book was written in the 50s, and it did have this character that, you know, took care of her mother, and her sister was kind of overbearing, and, like, she really didn't have any options because she wasn't married because that's what it was in the 50s. Right, right. And, and this this movie, like, it's the same situation, but it's in contemporary times. There's, like, cell phones and stuff, and she's just, like, her sister's, like, well, you know, you can either, you know, sell the house to us or you can come live with us and be our maid. You know, yeah, I mean? what the fuck is with that indentured <laughs> yeah. servitude? It's like it's like be on the street or be my servant. There are temp agencies out there. Dude, not like you can there are work also jobs. At, like, a yeah. Starbucks, mm-hmm. you know, like all this stuff was totally around. Like fucking Best Buy was around. <laughs> like, go get a job at Best Buy, Lily Taylor. <laughs> Go to the grocery store. Anything. Anything. You don't have to be your sister's slave. (laughs) Go to work at a nursing home and you'll get all fucking all sorts of old people pissing on you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's what you're into. Great experience for that. I think that's the only thing she had on her her resume that would really fit. Piss pot? That's what she did. (laughs) She was piss pot from 1978 to to 1999. (laughs) I'll believe it. But yeah, that, that that always struck that struck me as a little weird, like one of those holdovers from the book that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there's no reason for that to happen. You're absolutely right. 
Uh, so we get to this haunted house, by the way, and uh, the first person we're introduced to is the character played uh, by uh, Hollywood pseudo legend Bruce Dern. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he is a pseudo legend. I, actually, I I'll, I'll, I want to amend that. Not pseudo legend, <laughs> but I would like to say Hollywood. Oh, he's here too, Bruce Dern. Yeah, he was like three career moves away from being Dennis Hopper, and it just never happened. Right? I mean, because he's kind of he he was involved with that crowd of like the Peter Fondas and the Dennis Hoppers kind and all of that culture stuff. movement. That like whole thing. He was even in a late Hitchcock. Movie. He was in Hitchcock's last movie, uh, Family Plot, yeah. which is a fairly terrible movie. But you know, I mean, he was he was a big he was a big star. But yeah, he was involved in like the counterculture movement and all you know all these things. And 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 what the fuck happened? It just never happened for him. I don't know what it was. I mean, maybe it's just because he looks like a yeah. crypt keeper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. I think I think the uh, the balding and the emaciated face. <laughs> took away from his leading man status. Yeah, when, when you're getting outfoxed by fucking Dennis Hopper in the good looks department, you're in trouble. <laughs> well, I always found Dennis Hopper to be quite handsome. <laughs> but, I mean, he always just kind of took on these roles of, like, here here he is, the old crank, the old kook, yeah. you know, you know, the old crazy homeless man. <laughs> yeah, he's always just this weird little guy. <laughs> yeah, or caretaker for a haunted mansion, like in this movie, you know. And and the thing about like haunted mansion caretakers is it's always an old ass married couple because mm-hmm. Peter or uh, or Bruce Dern is married to like this old bat who's like. Given Lily Taylor like the tour of the house and whatnot, and and I think I think the the qualification for uh, old married couple haunted house caretakers is that one is just like the nice guy, yeah. which is Bruce Dern, but then the other half of that couple has to be just like eerily terrifying. <laughs> oh yeah, she's all like, "You're out in the you're out in the middle of nowhere, and no one's gonna hear you scream." And there'll never be an opportunity for you to scream because nothing's going to happen for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> the odd portent at the beginning of the film. Yeah, it's like you forget that it's a, it's a haunted mansion and then, then the hauntings start happening. So it kind of puts you in there. Yeah. Like you, you're just it, after a while, I was just like, oh, what's this movie about this house? <laughs> it's just a house. And, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, there's ghosts. <laughs> Wait, there's ghosts yeah. in this house. I thought this movie was about a woman, a woman finding herself. Cause, ah, because ghosts come like you go to sleep at night, you you go to sleep, and then you wake up, and it's like, oh my god, there's ghosts in my room. Yeah. So this movie's like, let's put the audience to sleep a little bit, <laughs> put them to sleep, and then they'll wake up and there'll be ghosts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my twenties, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. This episode is brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. Let's talk about these ghosts because it leads to the biggest problem of this movie is that they spent $80 million making this movie. Such a large number. And a lot of this money went to fucking... Like late nineties, like the early ages of what we know CGI to be today. And that's what this is. It's just filled with shitty computer animation. All the ghosts are computer, all the little creepy ghost baby faces, you know, that they press themselves up against curtains. There's so much fucking forms within curtains in this movie. It's yeah. out of the fucking troll. And it just all looks fucking awful. And the thing about it is like it's impossible for your audience to get scared at something when its appearance is laughable. Yeah. You know what I think one part problem with that is, is it doesn't, the way they do the faces and stuff in the curtains, it's like full formed. It's like, there's my nose, there's my eyes, there's yeah. my mouth. And it's like, <laughs> I put my face into a curtain. It's going to be sort of like a vague shape of a head. Which is scarier. Which is, yes. Yes, exactly. It's like, you know, Lucas showing the monster in the cave in Empire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, you, you're looking at something and like a face that's not a face is so much more scary. That's why, yeah. like, Jesus Christ, the fucking like painted faces a, on the oh. potato sacks and the strangers. Yeah. Is oh, horrifying God. because. You know they're supposed to be faces, for, but they're crude. For a second, I thought you were trying to say that Jesus Christ didn't have a face, and that's why he was terrifying. <laughs> Jesus is terrifying. <laughs> for all Kinda different is. reasons. Though. No, but but and also that's one half of why that why that uh CGI is terrible. The other half of it is that's fucking impossible. Like, you know what I mean? Like 
like you said, if you put your face up to to a sheet, it's just going to look like a vague shape. You're not going to see fucking nostrils yeah. unless the fucking thing is made out of saran wrap, which it clearly is not. But, like, so then what is this inferring? That, like, the ghost is possessing the curtain instead oh, of just pressing itself so. against it? Wow. Because they do it to, like, a pillowcase at one point. Like, here's the thing. Is this movie... <laughs> possessed pillowcase. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, try to sleep well on me. <laughs> this movie can't decide what kind of like haunting happenings they want because it's the way I see it as far as haunted house movies are concerned you get it one of two ways okay the first way is oh it's a haunted house there's ghosts in it Mm. the second way which this movie tries to fucking have its cake and eat it too is the house itself is like a physical like monster entity there's so much shit of like 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 window panes and beams and whatnot, mm. like turning to look like a face. Right, yeah. Oh, God, it's just, it's a, f- you know what this happens in? Like when the house fucking contorts itself and shit is like the ghost houses in like the Mario video games, like Super <laughs> Mario World. And you gotta go yeah. in the fucking haunted house. Yeah, like a big smile with, with like doors, with doors as teeth kind of a thing. Yeah, like a yeah. beam turns a certain way to look like a jagged tooth. Oh. I would have loved little uh, skeletal turtles walking around in this movie. <laughs> it would have been so much better. Well, the thing about the ghosts is, if you look at them, they stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There's also the, uh, and this is what's legitimately creepy about this movie, but they fuck it up so it's not terrifying. The fact that they spent eighty million dollars on it. Yeah, that's a terrifying <laughs> thought. That you know that money just fucking was flushed down the toilet. <laughs> But uh, I'm talking about um, Lily Taylor's dead baby bedroom that she oh sleeps in. Oh my god, this the whole dead movie. baby bedroom. Okay, Her, she. They're all assigned to like their own private bedroom and whatnot. And Lily Taylor's room is just adorned with all these like creepy cherub faces mm-hmm. and she's walking around she walks in and the creepy old maids like giving her the tour and she's like this is your room it's probably the last room you'll ever sleep in and uh and she's like these are beautiful i know i've seen them it's a lot to dust never seen this kind of beauty you must love working here but look how beautiful it is. Oh, you're so lucky to live here. <laughs> look at all the beautiful babies. You fucking lunatic. She will not fucking shut up about how beautiful everything is. How no, beautiful. she thinks that house is gorgeous. I don't get it. Like, I don't like faces in the room in which I'm trying to sleep. Not at all. No, Zero. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I don't like dolls. I don't want faces. I don't want an ornate fucking cherub babies looking at me while I'm trying to sleep inches above my head. Yeah, there's like 50 in adorning the headboard. <laughs> yeah. All these big, fat, dead baby faces. I have a question. Uh-huh. Could you have sex on that bed? Not at all. Not like because you have all these dead babies looking at you, right? No, exactly. Maybe There's... if you're a pinch. <laughs> if you're in a pinch, honestly, man, I'm taking it to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> if it's one of those things, and like I'm trying to like you know figure out like get things going and whatnot, and then I just look and there's a thing looking at me like, hey, well, hey, I'm a dead baby. They they do establish just like. 80 rooms in this goddamn house. But we yeah, let's we only it. see about four, but... Right. <laughs> they make a point to say that another weird thing about this Hugh Crane character is that he just had this endless amount of money and... Uh, 
you know, w- whether or not the, the legend is true that he was luring mill kids into his house and whatever, he kept building onto this house. Like, he yeah. owned all this property, and they're just building all these rooms onto this house. Yeah. So they established early on that there's, like, hundreds of and rooms And the exterior shots are, make this place look massive. Oh, yeah. Like, this is insanely massive. Buckingham Palace times two. <laughs> totally. And wait, what's great, too, is they talk about, like, the, the town lore, like, like how he... That old man Kane hasn't been seen in years, but pray tell you could hear some children's voices coming from that <laughs> castle here and there. Infinite amount of rooms in here. Couches, beds, everything you want. Houses, and, children. But she continues to sleep in the cherub baby room. That is the most haunted room of all the house. That's the thing. Is Owen like, Wilson gets great sleep in this movie. Oh, yeah. Right. He's fine. Catherine Zeta-Jones hears like a couple knocks here and there. Because she's the neighbor. Right, yeah. Uh, but that's it. And this room is like contorting itself and fucking the bed like... There's all these, like, posts on the bed that come down and, like, pin her to it, and that's getting a little weird. And she's just like, well, I just got to keep sleeping in here because it's so beautiful. (laughs) All the babies. I have been woken up once by a demanding old woman. This is the best place I've ever seen. And totally, she says, they're talking about, like, at that one point, they're all they're having, like, a let's get to know each other mixer at the start of this. Oh, can we, t- yeah. No. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, and they're talking about, like, you know, oh, well, Owen Wilson's like, I'm just, you know, my mind's always racing, so I can never get to sleep. And Catherine Zeta-Jones is like, oh, and I'm just such a wild socialite that my life just keeps going and I can't seem to get a, a night's sleep. And then Lily Taylor's like, well, it seems that you all have trouble sleeping because your lives are exciting and it's complicated and you think about it when you go to sleep. But um, I don't know. Nothing's ever really happened to me, so I don't have a reason to sleep badly. My life is just so empty and sad and nothing happens. And I guess I just don't know why I can't sleep. You all just have such exciting lives and, and I and just you, have nothing. And she goes like, and she's like. And when you go to sleep, you try to think about you think about your exciting lives, and that's what's your problem. I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I would just love that fucking ghost. Of the mother. Oh, poor you! I'm sorry. I'm so terrible. I can't clean myself, Eleanor. I'm sorry you can't be gallivanting out with the grocery boy. But whatever, I only birthed you. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those scenarios. But so she makes it. She makes it a point to say, you know. I just don't know what it's like to try to get a good night's sleep and just wake up to a cane banging on a wall because my mother would just incessantly bang her cane on the wall when she needed something. You better not be sleeping. You better not be masturbating in there. So, of course, she's the first night she's going to wake up and hear this fucking cane banging yeah. and think her mother's around, too. Can we just she take probably was. She probably had. She's probably old enough to have been with this guy, right, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get to that fucking shitty twist in a moment. It's a shit twist, but yeah, let's keep going. The... The, the the mixer you were talking about, the beginning mixer, right. with, with there are some characters there that... Oh, yeah! <laughs> Todd, director Todd Field, who had a bit of a career as an actor, I think he still acts a little bit... Here and there, yeah. yeah For uh, people who don't know, he directed Little Children. Little Children and uh, uh, In the Bedroom, which won a lot of Academy Awards. I think Little Children's even... I think he might have been nominated for an Academy Award. Whatever. He, like, Whatever these are yeah. critically acclaimed films, whether you like them or not. Just melodramas. He was also in Twister, which Jan DeBont directed. So he was in, he's in this for like... He's part of the Jan DeBont stable. It's <laughs> stable of actors of Jan DeBont. <laughs> exclusive club. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it doesn't... No, 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 he left for speed, too. <laughs> yeah, he, he fucking saw that Checked sticker out. coming. He wasn't staying on that boat. The 
Good so one. They're in the beginning of this movie, but they just kind of and like the special attention is paid to to Todd Field's character, like in that he has to have a name. Yeah. He has to be Todd. He's Todd. Yeah. And they they make it a point to really drive it home that it's Todd because every time Liam Neeson opens his mouth, Todd, can you do this for me? Todd, I need you to come over here. Todd, is it cold outside? <laughs> Todd, get away from her. Her eye is bleeding. Todd, pass the salt, please, Todd. And they're both they're both like employees of like their lab assistants of Liam Neeson. It's Todd and Mary. Yeah. Is the the other assistant. And they're just, they're having the opening night mix or whatnot. And you see one of the little baby ghosts. <laughs> tightens, the beautiful baby ghost. The beautiful baby ghost tightens uh, a string on a piano. What a stinker that little baby ghost is. Totally. And then, uh, so Mary <laughs> comes over and like, you know, whenever like a piano is opened up, you know, everyone's got to like drum their fingers along the, the strings. And, and she does this and it just breaks off in her eyeball. <laughs> yeah. And really just gets her good. Like, right out of the bat, I'm thinking, like, all right, like, here's some mischievous ghouls. Yeah, exactly. They're out for, they're fucking up to no good. We're going to see, we see some blood right away. Because is this R or is this PG-13? I think this is PG-13, actually. It's got to be PG-13. I can't see Nothing fucking happens. Yeah, no, it's it's in PG. Oh, this is a bullshit. To the IMDb, uh, MPAA rating, rated PG thirteen for intense horror sequences. Let's fucking scale back the I word a little bit. MPAA. <laughs> Does that drop the I bomb just yet? No, absolutely not. So yeah, so Mary gets this like piano wire in the fucking eyeball, and so Liam Neeson immediately springs to action. And he's like, Todd, you have to take her to the doctor. Let's go, Todd. You have to get her in the car and you take her to the doctor. You're gonna go now. Do you understand me? You're gonna go now what's kind of funny about that sequence i believe like todd sort of gets there first initially and liam neeson like jumps in and is like todd you're crowding her <laughs> like, <in a> way. <laughs> todd like, i love you but not now todd is just there to like make liam neeson look better i wish todd was in this movie i wish todd came back like leave mary at the hospital right. Todd needs to come back and take care of todd business but that's the thing that's so stupid about this is it's a gigantic movie flub is Liam Neeson clearly says to Todd, Todd, you're going to take her to the hospital. And when you hear something about her condition, you're going to call me on my cellular telephone. <laughs> <laughs> and then they drive off and they're going to go to the doctor and whatever. But you just never hear or see from them ever again. They're never mentioned in the movie. It's just gone. <laughs> To quote Doc Brown, erased from existence. Like, it's fucking nothing. Like, how do you just drop two well, characters like, like that? You drive to the border of a movie and, like, you pass that line. Yeah. You're gone. But what? I would understand yeah, that. Do you exit like, the, the movie The Thirteenth Floor? You just go out into nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I would totally understand that if this was a movie that took place over one night. Yeah, you know, there's other stuff going yeah, on, right. and then one, once the sun mm. comes up, wow, that was crazy. But this movie lasts for like three days. There's a, a couple of breakfast scenes. People are just drinking coffee. It feels like it lasts for three days. Too. <laughs> So they should come back. Like, how? What is she in the fucking like intensive care unit? Probably. You got kind of hit the eye. Todd with something. has his own movie going on with this gripping medical drama. <laughs> Todd's gotta go find a, an eye donor we somewhere. Gotta save Mary's vision. <laughs> <laughs> they get Jerry Orbach's eyes and pl- plop them in there. Oh my god. But I mean, Jerry Orbach. By the way, he's an eye donor, and if you've ridden the New York City subway, you've seen a lot of ads that. 
Jerry Orbach was an eye donor. That's I'm trying to clear that up for everyone. Yeah, that's not a known thing, Steve. I'm sorry. Yeah, but that's such a weird ad to me. It's like because I can't look at Law and Order, which I watch a lot, yeah. not knowing that Jerry Orbach's eyes have been popped into somebody's fucking skull. It might at be at some in, point. His eyes might be in the same subway car as you. <laughs> Staring it's at you. It's just one eyeball per person. Though. Oh, wow. that's how that works. Because with that, yeah, with that, like you know, uh, like eye donor stuff like that, they're you know they're not going to get carried away. They got to spread the wealth as much as possible. Right. Right, right. You so you get one eye. Yeah, you're not going to restore a f- like a blind person to full vision. You just yeah, get, yeah, you yeah. Get no, half like his you. Best. Yeah, exactly. So there's two people walking around with Jerry Orbach's eyes. Did they ever met? No. <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine, like, if you like joined them together or something like that? You kind of made like Lenny Briscoe's face. Same space can't occupy the same. <laughs> same matter can't occupy. The Actually, same. you're right. I'm trying yeah. to do time cop rules, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Same eyeball can't touch another eyeball. <laughs> yeah, although I think it can. That eyeball, by the way, uh, you know, uh, I watched Dirty Dancing not too long ago, uh-huh. and there's that fucking weird abortion scene that Jerry Orbach's like has to clean up after. Yeah, he's got to take care of that mess. He's Mike the Cleaner of Dirty Dancing, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, to touch back on the CGI for a second, uh, this movie also has one more CGI problem that was prevalent in tons of stuff when CGI was really coming out, and they never got a handle on this. So much so that I think for the most part, movies and TV just don't do it anymore, and that's fake breath. Yeah. When they're trying to pretend like it's cold in a room, you know, and that's when a lot of this haunting is going on. It's like, oh, the room's getting cold. My beautiful room is cold. (laughs) Babies are cold. Get little parkas for the babies. (laughs) And they're just like got the worst fucking like like white foam is just shooting out of their mouths. It's so horrible. And Lily Taylor's running around with doilies, putting them on chairs to to keep them (laughs) keep them all nice and warm. Tuck them in. I don't understand her fucking fascination with like that is a woman that just, you know, just knows she's never going to have kids. So, like, even ghost ghost babies is her best option. Right. That's a sad scenario. That's the, the crusade she takes upon herself. Well, that's the thing. Like, if I can't have kids of my own, the next best thing is obviously caring for an army of baby ghosts. <laughs> Can I just quickly interject with my favorite scene of the movie because it doesn't take it doesn't really involve the, these really huge characters like Lily Taylor and Catherine Zeta Jones is the scene where uh, I was going to say Luke Wilson it's it's Owen Wilson but he's playing a character named Luke right yeah. that's the quickly that's the dumbest piece of IMDb trivia on this movie is like Owen Wilson plays a character named Luke his brother's Luke Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Let that's you. not it's here's the yeah. thing is enjoy not, your day that's, <laughs> that's all that is. <laughs> it's not trivia if it's something someone can just put together do you, easily do you like remember that? the trivia before the movie sometimes that seems like one of those <laughs> yeah it does. like you no, go to like a <laughs> regal theater in like the year 2000 and Popcorn it's like corn facts yeah. <laughs> owen wilson played the name of uh his his brother in what movie? <laughs> the Haunting. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> now here's the movie. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but please. Yes, but um, okay. So Owen Wilson is walking down the hallway, uh, playing with his. He's just playing catch with himself, and unbeknownst to him, Liam Neeson is walking down the <laughs> other hallway, and they collide, and then it's just. It's like a five minutes. You can say, oh, 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 bumped into me. Oh. God, God. Oh. You scared the. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, you got to be careful. Yeah, you all right? 
I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. You just don't jump out. Are you all right? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Oh. What's with the uh, glove? What? What's with the glove? No, no, I just, I couldn't sleep. I was just insomnia. Yeah. What's with? Oh. Yeah, you gotta be careful, because I... I wasn't. I was just... Uh... No, I know. I'm sorry. I just... Oh. Um, interesting group, huh? Owen Wilson is, like, so jostled by this. And here's why it's ridiculous. is because neither of them are, like, running at a full clip or anything like that. It's very much just a bump into, oh, oh, geez, I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's Owen Wilson, like, oh, God, you can't. Oh, gee, you can't. Oh, wow. Don't do a bump out on somebody like that. That's not, oh, God, that's, like, really bad to do. Geez, you just can't. Oh, like that, like that. It's really bad to do that. And oh, Liam Neeson's God. like trying to cut him off. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'll go the other way. I'm sorry. I got sorry. psychology to work on. <laughs> well, that's, that kind of is a, to a bigger point of like the way, how awkward that scene is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the last two people that should be in a horror movie are Owen Wilson and Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, because I neither of them. One, are... one is too like kind of funny and gee whiz, and the other <laughs> one's too like just like focused for you to buy that he's going to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't picture Liam Neeson getting hurt ever. or being afraid. No. I'll punch you in the face, ghost. Yeah. yeah, no, he'd beat the shit out of a ghost. He'd find a way <laughs> to beat the shit out the of a fuck ghost. Out of <laughs> no, yeah, you're totally right. I think Owen Wilson more so if this movie was like kind of like creepier in any capacity, and it it brings to mind. Around the same time that this movie came out, they did that House on Haunted Hill yeah, remake. Yeah, I, I think they might have came out the same year. It's quite possible. And, it, you know, to House on Haunted Hill's credit, and it's it's a bad movie. Don't oh, yeah, get me I did, wrong. I didn't see it. It's, it's not good. I mean, I, I like the, the original, like the Vincent Price flicks, actually pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is just not that. I mean, like... To exemplify my point, Chris Kattan's in it. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to know. Uh, but, you know, it's at least got a creepier atmosphere to it. Everything mm. about this movie is just so fucking dull and plain and it's very, baby faces. It, it's all, not a scare in it until like an hour and 20 minutes in, and we are not joking. No, and it's very bright, to be quite honest. Like the, the yeah. It's very bright. You can see everything Oh, yeah, it's ever. not spooky at all. Well, because it's really, I think it's more... This movie specifically was more interested in showing off what CGI can do or whatever the fuck. Yeah, no, like, exactly. And it's so dull that way because, like, I mean, obviously what horror is, and I'll tell you, audience, is what you can't see. What You, you know what I mean? What's, yeah, totally. What's going to happen around the corner? There's never that moment of, like, oh, well, you're, you're looking at something. You don't know what's going to happen. In this movie's defense, I had no idea that Owen Wilson was going to bump into Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> That is the unseen. Uh, this just in from the internet ticker. House on Haunted Hill did come out the same year. as 1999. Is there a zombie Chris Kattan in that movie, or am I making that up? Uh, I don't remember him being a zombie. I think he does get killed, though. Yeah. And there may be some, like, ghost of him or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, I don't remember him in, like, rising from the grave or anything like that. Zombie Chris Kattan, see Corky Romano. <laughs> <laughs> These carvings are really creepy. All these fat little cherubs and angels with furry animals. It's really bizarre, I think. I think they're the children Hugh Crane built the house for. They don't buy that for a second, that Hugh Crane was this lovable old tycoon with a soft spot for kids. The guy was obviously running a sweatshop, had children working 16 hours a day, and he builds all this crap as propaganda. It's like those Teletubbies. Those things freak me out also. So we're going on all these these tangents and whatnot because honestly, 
a lot of these scenes just sort of repeat themselves. A bunch of dull conversation in the kitchen or the sitting room, yeah. followed by a night of mild shock and terror from only Lily Taylor. Like, no one else in this movie gets haunted at all. No. And that's, no like, par- kind of the... Oh, sorry. No, no, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. But, I mean, that's the whole, the whole kind of thing is, like, you know, they, they do eventually figure out that Liam Neeson's lying to them. Yeah. So the whole thing's like, oh, well, Lily Taylor's just this crazy person that you brought into the study because she's saying all these she, insane she's things. All, no yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. Nobody believes her kind of a thing. They're, like, if you want a haunted house movie, make everyone get haunted. Like, everyone yeah. eventually starts seeing shit in, like, the, you know, the tail end of the third act and whatever. You know what, honestly, show me ghosts that aren't part of a curtain, pillowcase, or... <laughs> Some type of metal statue. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I pointed it out when uh, the scene where they're walking around the house, her uh, being Lily Taylor and Catherine Zeta-Jones characters are walking around the house like, oh, this is so fun. It's a crazy fun house, blah, blah, blah. And they walk through a door that's like both parts of the door are a mirror. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the camera holds the shot on the door like they walk through it and the doors close. And the doors just keep closing and closing and closing. And then they close. And then there's nothing in the mirror. Like that's the like if you're making a haunted house movie, yeah. those doors slowly close, <laughs> and when they close, you see the reflection of a yeah. ghost in a mirror. Like that's how this stuff works. <laughs> yeah. You don't just have a fucking shot of a mirror and not do something with it. Yeah. God damn. So I mean, we might as well get into the heart of the matter. They see, you know, they, they find a bunch of blood written on the wall. Welcome, for like welcome home. Yeah, welcome home, Eleanor. Welcome back, Cotter. And then. <laughs> Oh, man, if there were a couple of sweat hogs in this movie, that would be phenomenal. We were just trying to scare you, Mr. Cotter. We didn't mean no harm. <laughs> we, you, we, we knew you were trying to leave with your girlfriend, so we just tried to scare you a little bit. Jeez, guys, this was just a joke. I mean, let's not get nuts or nothing. This movie dissolves into a 70s sitcom. I'd be totally fine with it. <laughs> So they find the blood, and then, like, the hauntings start to escalate. Liam Neeson gets tugged by, like, a giant statue. Yeah, like he some gets statue pulled underwater comes by a statue, a fountain statue. And then he, then he gets pulled underwater. It's like this, you know, like, oh, is, he, is Liam Neeson going to bite the big one here? Yeah. But, like, lets him go, and Liam Neeson, like, literally gets up, like, doesn't fucking say anything. He's just like, eh, whatever. It, just, it cuts to him washing his hands, like, oh, yeah. that was close. Yeah. Like, and that's the end of it. That was a scary one. <laughs> and I don't understand <laughs> why this movie... Liam Neeson. <laughs> Too manly to be afraid I was going to break that statue's fingers. <laughs> I don't understand why this movie, like, the script waited until the third act to, like, start doing stuff to anybody. Like, yeah. you have... You know, I I get it. It's like a small cast. Like, it's mainly four people in this yeah. house, you know, for 90% of the movie or whatever. But, like, either then, you know, populate it with some more characters here and there so, like, they can be kind of killed. Like, wh- why are all these people disappearing? Yeah. You know, like, that happens in these movies. Yeah, I mean, well, but the thing of it is, because you have two two options. And, I mean, like, I think the, the book, there's, like, atmosphere. So, it's, it's a very small cast in the book. And, like... The, there isn't. There's really no body count until the end. The, the main character like actually kills herself, which is pretty awesome. 
And like you don't know if it's a real ghost or if it's in her head, which this movie totally spells out to you that it's super real ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, and in, in the 1963 version of this movie, doesn't like the main character like jump in front of a car at the end or something? Like yeah, that? yeah. Well, the, the, it's in, in, in the, the book, type of suicide. Thing? Yeah, well, in, in the book, I think it's probably the same thing. She drives into a tree, and, like she doesn't want to leave the house because oh, right. she's so fucking nuts at that point. Right. But like, better ending. Exactly. That that's like, atmospheric. So like, yeah, there's no there's no like you know big there's no big you know uh, uh, body count. But oh wow, it's so creepy and tense but there's no tension no nothing so you might as well have a body count at that point no exactly and you know i'm not saying like i need a body count because i know it's perfectly fine i I fucking love atmospheric horror like i absolutely love that i love that more than i love slasher movies oh sure and stuff like that and i mean i guess i'll just bring this up now because i wanted to give two options of actual good haunted house movies and both of them happen to be good atmospheric horror movies too the Changeling with George C. Scott from 1980 and uh, House of the Devil from 2008, 2009, yeah, something like that. Um, how about The Shining? That's another I mean, big or, house. Yeah, or The Shining. Yeah, you know, everyone's seen that. <laughs> oh, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. But, I mean, those all three of those movies yeah, yeah, are yeah. successful not because there's a high body count, but because the, the filmmakers are incredibly uh, – incredibly successful at just creating this sense of dread in these yeah. houses. I, I want to just add one more onto that, uh, which is Insidious that just came out last year or maybe earlier this oh, year. Oh, yeah, it was this year. I still got to uh, see it. James Wan, uh, who did Saw, and it's like a totally different mode. And it's, I mean, th- there are some echoes of Jigsaw in parts, and you're like, oh, no. But yeah, more, yeah. more often... No, no, I just scared everybody off the movie. No, but more often than not, it's just it's a it's one of the scariest movies I've seen in theaters, and it's there's no real body count. It's just like really atmospheric haunted house dread, and it's really cool. Totally, I mean that's I mean I was blown away when I saw uh, House of the Devil. It's it's also partially a gimmick movie because the whole thing is shot and designed to look like it was actually made in the 1980s. Yeah, so much so that like when the flick came out for home release. They released it as uh, like a DVD VHS combo where it had like the old clamshell case and everything. But it's that same thing of like there's nothing happening, but everything is happening. Yeah. It, you know, it's a great movie, but there's no ghosts. <laughs> Zero ghosts. <laughs> yeah, a, but it's, it's just a, a scary movie. haunted house. No, no, yeah, exactly. Thing, exactly. You know? um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think this actually brings to mind the whole idea of like showing versus not showing. And right. I think that's why, because he's such a proponent of not showing anything. He never showed the shark until he had to. I wonder if this is why Steven Spielberg eventually ditched out on this movie. He was attached as like an executive producer. Yeah, is that the idea? And he like walked away. He has to be removed. Something like that. Yeah, that that definitely happened. There's also there's also rumors uh, on the IMDb that's not trivia about Luke Wilson's name. There's actually <laughs> trivia saying that he possibly directed some scenes because he was so dissatisfied with the cut or yeah. whatever. But that's ne- that's never been substantiated one way or another. I I imagine. He just walked away from the project because it doesn't look like Steven Spielberg really had a hand in this. No, I mean, no, I'm not saying in any way it looks like he did, but I'm saying that's yeah. why maybe, you know, like he took a look at this cut and was like, are you kidding me? Like, look how fucking awful this is. Well, Yonder Bond, I mean, he's all spectacle, and that's the problem. I mean, like, yeah. that's, if you look at his resume, it's Twister, it's uh, Speed, Speed 1 and 2. Yeah. <laughs> the Speeds. The Speed Saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but look, those movies are all about like, oh man, look at look at these, look at the big explosion. Well, yeah, he's the DP on fucking Die Hard. Like, yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's exactly what kind of school of thought he's coming. From. And I don't know how he got this project. It's really a bad mismatch. Mm. No, it absolutely is. Um, let's get into 
just to kind of start talking about the tail end of this flick here. Uh, we teased it a little bit a few minutes ago, but the well, shit twist. There is a shitty fucking twist in this movie. It doesn't even make any fucking sense. No. Uh, so so throughout the flick, Lily Taylor's like piecing together this story about this child killer and all this crap. And what I like to call Resident Evil cutscenes. Yeah, like, it's a Resident Evil cutscene. Explain what you mean by this. <laughs> Not the movies. Uh, if you ever played a Resident Evil game, especially like the, the the original ones, you'll always go into a room and there'll be a book. And you sit down and like you have to flip through somebody's journal and certain words are highlighted. That's what I hate about those games. It's like, oh, pretty cool. I get to shoot some zombies. And it's like, well, now you've got to solve this riddle <laughs> or, or, or move around this li- this this giant puzzle. Oh, God. And it's yeah. just like, let me kill things. <laughs> exactly. I was scared before. Now I'm just fucking bored, dude. Totally. And that's so she's got a big research scene. She, of course, pulls back a bookshelf and there's a there's a hidden office mm-hmm. that this this fucking kid toucher. Fucking, yeah, he's got like his inventory of kids. It's like balancing his checkbook, but with babies. <laughs> We call it a kid inventory. Yes. It is a kid inventory, absolutely. So she's like eh, thumbing through the pages of this kid inventory, you know, and she's like becoming more and more horrified. Look at all these beautiful names. I gotta save these babies. <laughs> oh, Abigail lasted till twelve, and she somehow like makes this connection that she was related to the wife of this this murderer delusions of grandeur i think is how she connects <laughs> yeah totally and uh and she starts getting this whole thing in her head about like you know they're not related to me but this is my family like these ghosts are my family now uh, no they're not related to you and you know what I'm apparently sorry. the house called her yeah, the ho- oh, that's right. The house made a <laughs> yeah. phone call. The, 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 house that, made a, the house, I guess, just like hacked into the phone lines. I guess whenever they wired this thing for telephone, it went ma- mad with power. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, uses Lee, apparently Liam Neeson's voice with the. I guess that I guess he had passed by before. I don't know how the house got Liam Neeson's voice to talk to you on the telephone to get to, to come in for this study. The house is doing a bad Irish brogue. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she just got called by a drunk Irishman. <laughs> do I, you want to you want to participate in the sleep study? Do you? Well, just come to here at this particular time, and there's going to be people there to let you in. You don't want to be a modern day slave for your sister, do you? Come to the sleep study. But if you didn't call me Liam Neeson, who did? The and house. It's such, it's such a glossed over detail. Like it's in the middle of, of an action sequence. Yeah, Owen Wilson's trying <laughs> to drive a car into the gate to like set them free because they all want to get out of the house and she's like why did you ever call me for this study in the first place or whatever and he's like I never called you for the study the first time I talked to you was when we met at this house and it's just like a weird like oh what but then it just turns back to him smashing a gate and no one ever mentions it again the best part about that scenario is like yeah the house gets a lot spookier towards the end as you might imagine the first casualty of the movie is Liam Neeson's cell phone (laughs) at an hour and 23 minutes the first death is Liam Neeson's cell phone shattering but like yeah they're trying to get out of the house like holy shit let's finally let's finally get the fuck out of this house right (laughs) yeah yeah and she you know like Liam Neeson's trying to go to the gate like oh my god it's locked because you have to be locked in for some reason and you know, instead of using Liam Neeson's car to break it, L- L- Owen Wilson runs to her, Lily Taylor's car for whatever reason. Just her shitty little, like, uh, you know, Dodge this- Dart type whatever. <laughs> this car's worth considerably less money. Let's yeah, use exactly. it. 
if anyone doesn't, you know, if, if anyone's not going to miss anything, it's this fucking car. I'm not going to use a Mercedes. Are you crazy? I mean, there's ghosts and all, but get real. I, I, you know, honestly, just real quick, if you want to blame anyone for all the deaths that wind up happening in this movie or whatever, blame Bruce Dern. Oh, absolutely. He locked that gate like a jerk. <laughs> he runs a tight ship, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great if at the end of the movie, uh, it was a fucking, because honestly, Bruce Dern has this face. If it was a Scooby Doo ending and it was fucking Bruce Dern the whole time, like he has the face. Have you you ripped off they, a fucking? They, they pull off his face and it's the, it was it was him. He was Crane the whole time. Yeah, the creepy innkeeper that you know, like fucking because he was trying to make a development deal or whatever. It's always a fucking development. Uh, it's, deal. Yeah, it's something to do with land. Oh, absolutely. How is it that you make so much money because a house may or may not be haunted? Someone explain <laughs> the fucking economics of that. To me. The Scooby Doo economics? Yes, the Scooby Doo economics of fucking a house's property going way up because it's haunted. Well, no, I think it's that they're trying to do these hauntings so that they don't try to buy the oh, house. Oh, so they drive the price down so they can get it on the cheap. I'll yeah. never sell to anybody. Like, that's yeah, always that's the thing. It yeah, it's, not, it's not the spookier the house is, the more it's worth. <laughs> I hope not. It's just these crotchety well, old fucks don't want to sell their houses to the land developers. I'm sure there's a, there's a market you could sell your haunted houses to. I'm sure there's someone out there that would pay good money for oh, a haunted some fucking house. sick ticket that just oh. want to live where there was like a mass murder. Yeah. You, li- you, you move into Lily Taylor's old house. Stop <laughs> fucking you whore. <laughs> You're not my daughter, but still I don't care. Um, Can I return this apartment? It's not quite got the ghost I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, it's, a little, it's more of a belligerent ghost, which I'm not crazy about. <laughs> this ghost doesn't turn me on as I thought it would. It's a lot of errands. I can't handle it. <laughs> You Honestly, gotta go to the store. <laughs> I need my milk. <laughs> Get me the low-fat milk. If it's not the low-fat, I'll send you back. Honestly, I would take a fucking Scooby-Doo twist ending over this I'm related to all the ghosts endings. Definitely. Because here's the thing. She starts, like, yelling at, like, the so the, the Hugh Crane ghost finally comes out of his painting, and he's all pissed he's off. He's a huge ghost. He's a big old, like, giant ghost for no, no reason he, whatsoever. Because he's got a giant house. You gotta, you know, yeah. <laughs> spread out a bit. And yeah. he's also the end guy at the end of this fucking shitty video game, you know, Castlevania or whatever. <laughs> so So she's like, she's like... She's like, get away from all these kids. Not this time, Grandpa. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm she calls back. Him. Yeah, no, she does. She calls him grandpa. And he groans at that, just like I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, just like all the fucking not-packed theaters did when that yes. line was given. Like, she's got this whole little monologue about, like, I'm here, and I'm not leaving. You don't scare me, blah, blah, blah. The babies need their mother. Uh, here's the thing, and I know that Lily Taylor's character has very low self-esteem in this movie, and that's, like, pretty, like, the, yeah. the first, that's, like, the first thing Liam Neeson says. He's like, oh, she has... Obviously, clearly uh, a case of low dependency disorder and low self-esteem. It's like, wow, that sucks. Yeah, She'll he, be perfect he, for my experiment. He didn't read that off her file. He just looked at her. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at her fucking shitty blue jeans. Like, oh, this girl doesn't care about herself at all. What a sad sack. She'll be perfect. But, uh, <laughs> but 
if I'm a living human being and there's just a bunch of fucking baby ghosts that need to be sent back to whatever, that's fucking spilled milk, man. I'm getting out of that house and it's the end of it. I don't care. Like, right. I'm sorry. Like, I hope the next person comes along as a better person than me. But but here's why she also feels this attachment towards these baby ghosts is because she she makes this comparison a lot throughout the movie, which is that she considers the time she spent taking care of her mother, yeah. right, this 11 years, as I was living in purgatory. Yeah. So she can relate to all these ghosts that haven't been able to move on. What do you mean purgatory? I'm not fun enough for you. Oh, it was so bad living <laughs> under my roof again. Well, guess what? You did it for 19 years before that and didn't say a fucking peep about it then. <laughs> yeah, I Lily Taylor, I think uh, there's no cable in Purgatory. <laughs> we watched movies. The Price is Right. Don't you remember? <laughs> God, how much better would the haunting have been with this belligerent mother ghost in it? So let's bring it around here to wrap things up. So she is she she frees the. The, the the kid well, ghosts because well, she, she instructs the house. Yeah, she instructs the house to to unleash the demons that are in the doors. There's just some demons in the architecture because that, sure. that take him to hell or like, I which guess. is really just shoving him onto a concrete wall, not concrete, like a metal wall, and like <laughs> he fuses to it and becomes like part, part of, of the, the demon ornament. wall. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. We're actually skipping over the one and only good scene in this movie. That is very true. We oh I'll, wait, yeah, all right. We'll dog ear <laughs> this discussion uh, about the ending to just talk about the one thing. That is worthwhile in this movie that I'm sure you could just find on YouTube. Oh yeah, Steve, you were you were the one who was seeing this for the first time tonight. So why don't you explain? <laughs> like the whole movie, like we said, there's no there's no body count, there's no like real atmospheric horror. So you're just like, what the fuck is going on with this movie? And just like, why am I even? There's no payoff to anything except when Lou and uh, they're like trying to break into they're breaking trying to break out of the house. They're like. They're stuck in the house. They're throwing chairs into the windows, and they're getting stuck, and, like, the ghosts are fucking with him. So Luke Wilson just starts fucking shit up, and they put a, the ghost throws him onto a carpet, and the carpet sucks him into the fireplace. Yeah. And there's a previously set up, like, pendulum, I guess you would call it. Right. It's the, yeah. it's the flu for the chimney. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't so know how chimneys it, work. It turns one way. It opens <laughs> so air can get up. Most people on this podcast aren't chimney rich. <laughs> So the flu, go, the flu is this big lion's head, and it just like Mortal Kombat just fucking knocks Lu- Owen Wilson's f- fucking head clean off. Oh, it's a clean cut, man. Yeah, there's no, it's bloodless and, too, and, which is a big thing. And Liam Neeson just like looks away a little bit. And is like Ugh. he kind of like, saw it coming for some reason. Yeah, he's like, oh, the fool, you know, like that's <laughs> that's all he gives as far as grief is concerned. And you know, I can picture all the like computer animation dudes on staff being like. So listen, Mr. DeBon, we've got this great thing set up where when the big lion's head flu hits him in the head and it rips his head off, there's this ridiculous amount of fatality-esque blood going around. And he was like, you know, fellas, why don't we tone it down a little bit? Because there's just nothing there. And I'm sorry. Totally bloodless. If your head gets ripped off, blood shooting out of the stump. Yeah, but there's none of that. But what's funny about right after that, that's, I guess intense horror scene is there's the the 
for some reason, it like explodes outward the fireplace, and there's all these baby bones and skeletons. <laughs> yeah, just raining down. It <laughs> rains baby skeletons. Yeah. It vomits baby bones from the fucking yeah. little crypt there. <laughs> so then the big bad ghost of Hugh Crane gets shoved in the wall. The little ghost babies get to go fly away. They all fly to heaven. Oh, they all God. fly out. And for whatever reason, somewhere in this battle of wills. Uh, Lily Taylor's body has been like pressed up against a door. Yeah, she, she fuses too with the door, kind of. Yeah, and then she like drops down, and for kind of no reason, she's just dead. And yeah. her soul just comes out of the out of the body, and she flies away with all the little baby ghosts to you know be a ghost with them. Oh, good, you're in heaven now. Now you can fucking take <laughs> care of me here. Finally, my heaven bedpan is filthy. <laughs> She still has bladder problems in the afterlife. <laughs> Nothing's white on this cloud. God. <laughs> That's grotesque. It is grotesque, but it's true. Because <laughs> a woman like that, not even in the afterlife, is she getting the fucking peace that one deserves because she's just that terrible of a person. Before we go around, I kind of want to do like an in defense of this movie. Okay. Because I read, uh, I was trying to, you know, because some movies, you know, people like them, people don't. Sure. So it's all subjective art. So I checked out IMDb's user reviews and I checked out these two 10 of 10 star reviews. So 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Was these... one written by Jan de Bon? <laughs> no, they were written by Vortex 6 and Misty Fairy. <laughs> oh, so, those guys. Okay. So I'll start with Vortex 6. He's more articulate. Um, <laughs> This film has gotten some terrible reviews from the critics. Ignore them. This version of The Haunting isn't the best scary movie I've ever seen, but there are enough genuinely hair-raising moments in the film <laughs> to make it worth watching. The experience was believable, with good chemistry between all the characters. The sets were to be experienced, not described. The music... <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> oh, please continue. We were going down the vortex. <laughs> and the musical score did a wonderful job of supporting it augmenting the action on the screen. Some critics would go on about audience laughing at the action on the screen. Well, some parts were intended to be funny. It was the whole thing. It was here. Here. Here's him explaining it. It was like being on a haunted house ride at a county fair and should be enjoyed as such. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I'm paying $10 to go see. Despite the occasional popcorn munching and general chatter, the spooky moments popped out of nowhere and definitely got our attention. When the specter of Hugh Crane, the film's biggest baddie ghost, <laughs> comes booming out of his 20-foot portrait at the top of the staircase, some of us almost came out of our seats. <laughs> Some of us are always roused to sleep. <laughs> the effects of the final scene are worth the price of admission alone. Don't let a lot of bad press and jaded critics keep you from enjoying this film. It's not classic cinema, but it's still an enjoyable ride nonetheless. What an asshole. You know what? If I want to go to a fucking Podunk County Fair, I'll go to a Podunk County Fair. <laughs> totally. Because that's... This is an 80 million Podunk County Fair. <laughs> yeah. It's the most expensive haunted house ride a county fair has ever seen. There is actually that one scare that that we mentioned was very much like that. Like, there, it's the first time you see the baby crypt, and like she looks in, and a big skeleton sits up, and it goes, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's just like the shitty fucking stock yeah, it's noise. Like, it's like because she opened it, it pops out. It's like an automated. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was. No, it's a shitty Jack in the Box uh, skeleton. All right, what's this other fucking? This one's much shorter, and it's it's kind of funnier. Okay, Misty Fairy says, 
I'm a big fan of ghostly movies. I've seen many. While The Haunting may seem low budget, $80 million. No, not at all. That's yeah. not my complaint. Exactly. I still think it's a great movie. I've watched it over and over to see if I missed anything the first time around, LOL. What are you missing? <laughs> LOL, by the way. Right. This movie slow is a fucking crawl. It's not oh, like no. it's flying it's by you. It's as slow as a dead baby crawl. <laughs> The actors and actresses have done a great job as well. My favorite being Nell and Jake. There's no Jake. I think she means Luke. I think. Yeah, Jake. You maybe see, maybe you, you should watch it one more fucking time. <laughs> I think I, I think I would have to say that I disagree with some of the others. This movie was very entertaining, and it gave information on a well-known house. I'm not all that sure, but if this was based on a true story, but but if it is, well. I would love to visit that house and see if it's really haunted. My- <laughs> and see if it's really haunted myself. I plan on getting this on DVD so I can keep watching it. Thanks for listening, LOL. <laughs> Have a great day. Are you kidding me? No. I guarantee you this person hacked in and put in the fucking Luke Wilson comment. Just look- Have a great day. <laughs> I know my ideas may be seem wrong to you but i have a lot of fun with this movie aren't movies fun some people should just be banned from the fucking internet like that's <laughs> that person is one of them uh all right so let's go around steve would you tell anybody to see this movie no i wouldn't at all uh i would I, one more haunted house movie that i want to sneak in that's a really good movie which i almost want to do for this podcast because it's so fucking batshit but it's actually a really good movie it's the entity uh it's a oh, 19, yeah. early 80s uh barbara hershey movie uh where uh she gets raped by a ghost and yep. th- there's more to it than that but it's like a fucked up movie yeah correct uh totally agree eric would you recommend this movie? uh no no not at all i would say check out ghosts with patrick swayze <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, that's that's totally fair. That's also a movie in where the bad guy gets uh, dragged to hell by demons. Yeah. So uh, you're dead, Willie. You're dead, Willie. Oh god, that's so fucking great. That fucking Willie Lopez. What a sleaze. <laughs> uh, no, I would not recommend this movie either. Fucking House of the Devil, The Shining. Uh, I definitely want to see Insidious uh, and The Changeling with George C. Scott. Rent that movie instead. <laughs> Still not enough Bruce Dern. Not even enough goddamn Bruce Dern in the conversation. <laughs> we fucked it up, too. That's the problem. I yeah. got a question. Have you, been, uh, have you at home been listening to this show since The Haunting? Good right question. Right into the mailbag. Tell me what's, what your life's oh, like. Yeah. What, uh, what, what changes have you seen since The Haunting? We all hate movies at gmail.com. And are you still taking care of your invalid uh, mother and did she die? <laughs> and then did you, move, did you go into a sleep study to see a haunted house or whatever? A fake sleep study. Oh, it's a fake story. Like rats in a maze, Eric. I'm going <laughs> to trick you all, you stupid fucks. You're, you're going to be taken. <laughs> taken. In my con. I'm going to take you into my dreams. <laughs> so. Ooh, Liam Neeson is Freddy Krueger. Dude, me oh, there better you than Jackie O'Hurley. Oh, Easily. of course. I love killing children. <laughs> one, but, two, Freddy's coming for you. Oh, I, but I won't do any fucking one-liners. That's oh, for sure. No way, dude. No, it's a straight <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Mm. What's that? Your, your daughter touched my penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's apparently a plot to a movie I haven't seen. <laughs> Directed by Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, what's Steve, I told you about yeah, this, right? This, it's uh, like the good mother or something. Yeah, Di- that's, that's been on. And, the... and Liam Neeson like are lovers, and like she's a divorcee, and like... No, 
the little girl has to touch my penis, and I said, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's and one it's of like, those... What? <laughs> it's one of those, like, We Hate Movies backburners, like, would anyone listen to that? The I don't answer know. is no. <laughs> it's a Thursday release at best. It uh, sounds disgusting. Yes. And I read, I read Ebert's review. Yeah. And it was like, and then Liam Neeson said, I'm going to touch you. Oh, and Roger then, was anyway. writing in Liam Neeson's voice? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this movie got made. <laughs> three stars. <laughs> Only three out of five stars. I wasn't taken with the premise. <laughs> so our reruns keep going. They keep on chugging, man. Because we just, you know, as much time as possible to mm-hmm. just kind of lay easy, mm-hmm. getting ready, getting amped oh, up for WHM oh. Season 7. Mm-hmm. I'll see you in City Island, brother. <laughs> you in that diaper. Steve in the talking diaper, there's a cartoon I'd watch. You know, bite the bullet, it's Silver Bullet. Oh, oh, next week we're talking vampires. No, we're talking werewolves. Werewolves. <laughs> With Gary Busey, man. So next week, Stephen Kingtown. We're coming for you. Until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Stephen Seda. Eric Siskin. Take it easy.